Welcome everyone. This is the OG Monkey Business Show. Uh, it's been quite a while since I've had a chance to talk Dota, talk live, talk anything uh, on camera. And last time I did this was also with Jay back in uh, Los Angeles with Tituan in, in the Beyond the Summit studio. Good times. Yeah, awesome. We're finally doing it again. Uh, the first time that we uh, tried to do a podcast together, it was, yeah, it was early December 2019. It's the first time yeah. that I was around the Dota, sorry, the CSGO guys and around you guys, and we were not even working together. So it's been a while indeed. That was just, how long ago before, before Corona was that? That was December, you say, so. Yeah, so you were coming from Lima. Yes. And then uh, Corona was, uh, it hit when the March uh, LA March major. From, when that we it was went canceled. back to LA for the LA major, yeah. Correct. Yeah, and I haven't been back since. To LA, I'm in LA right now. So, uh, so I think that the idea is that we wanted to do the podcast uh, because you know one of the problems that we always have is that people never get to really uh, share into our story, you know, into the things that we think and, and we do. And I think this will be a, a great way for us to directly talk to the audience, you know, and for them to get to know us a little bit more uh, of who we are outside of the games and outside of this. So yeah, I've honestly been looking forward to the podcast for over a year and we're finally here. Yeah. But if you want, we can yeah. stop just going around because I'm sure people are here for, <laughs> for what we have to talk about. I have a story uh, for you, for everybody about how Johan and I met <laughs> and how we end up working together. And I think we, we spoke about this story a little bit on, on different occasions. Uh, Johan and I met, I think it was TI7? Is that the one that Liquid won or Wings? Se the seven was was Wings. So it's the one that Liquid won in Seattle. Yeah, that was seven. Yeah, yeah, that was seven. And you were you've told me many times how you met my dad and. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll, we'll go to that later because I peed next to your dad in 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 China, and I was peeing next to him, and I look over, I was like, "You're Johan's dad." He looked at me like, this is not the place. This is definitely not the moment, but how do you know? So, yeah. But no, in TA7, I, I was there with, with EG. I was doing Life of a Genius with them. And at the after party, you know, I've been hearing about these incredible after parties. And I was like, yeah, we're going to go to an after well, party. Who did you hear this and from? <laughs> <laughs> I think that guys are GC and these guys, I mean, we went to a few tournaments together, but TI was supposed to be like this great after party that it was so, you know, like all the finding and all the teams being made and people getting drunk. And when I get there, uh, we go to this exclusive uh, rooftop, you know? I don't know, if, I don't wanna say the name of the guy that had the rooftop, but I get there and all I see is like a dim light room with all dudes, all player players, all sad, just sitting around a table in total silence. All the press. Yeah. <laughs> all the press. And I somehow end up sitting next to you and, and when the night could not really get any clownier, somebody felt that what the party needed was hot dogs and sausages to oh, add to the incredible More sausages. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it turned out all right at the end, but the party definitely had a long uh -huh. warm up. Not amazing though. Like I would say TI parties are never amazing, but this was definitely the best one just because it wasn't at the official venue. And that's how we started talking and that's how we started joking and nothing to do with work, just clowning around. And you came later to uh, ESL Hamburg next year mm -hmm. with one of your friends from Denmark when I was there with EG and 
then we got to hang out again. And you also met some some guy in the hotel or an Uber or something, and you end up bringing him with us yeah, yeah, to the party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we met a. I met a fan, Ali, and uh, he was super chill, super good vibes. And I met him a few times since, I think, two or three times. Okay, but, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was fun. I just went to watch Counter-Strike and um, kind of go see some esports without without playing it. Uh, and I think that was the first event I kind of attended purely as a spectator. And yeah, I remember walking around town and taking some pictures and, and we were... We were in Hamburg in like the expensive part of town, I think. Yeah. And we went to a rolling. We were, we were walking around like one of those neighborhoods where where things they're selling things in the window and you can kind of see the price tags. And there, I just remember a Rolex watch costing like eight hundred k, eight hundred thousand euros. What a what a thing, man! But yeah, that was a really funny sport event. <laughs> really good, uh, really good city too. Good times. That was the one where you're like, I'm gonna have to win a few TIs. Yeah, that's one. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. I don't think I went to spectate ever since. That party was really good, I have to say. There was, for people that don't know, there are some players that are really dancing. They like dancing. Jesse dance, Boba is the dance master in his own awkward and clumpy way, but he's there just dancing and giving it his all. It was, it was really fun. I ended up dancing also with Mantu many times, but he was, I think that was during TI after parties. I don't remember if he was there. So yeah, we, we met there and then we stayed in touch and somehow uh, life brought us together back in November, 2019 sorry, December, when you came to LA, and then we brought us together uh, during the LA major that you had to come to LA. And because there was no major, we actually got to talk a little bit more. And that, <laughs> yeah, that's how we, we end up here. It's, I know, uh, maybe, uh, what is it called? Like a not normal way, but I think that that is the OG life, you know, developing friendships together. Life tends to be pretty random at times, I would say, very random, but usually for the better. It's nice, spices things up. I don't think we would have ever met if it wasn't for our passion for eSport, I guess. Unless I would have seen your Romanian movie, then, I, would have, uh, then I definitely would have said hi if I saw you. <laughs> <laughs> How is all this time for you now that you're like, maybe like transitioning slowly to a different part of your place and a different part of your life? How does it feel for you, those memories? Do you, feel, do you remember them being I happy? I still a lot of nostalgia, stressed? of course. I mean, there's a lot of nostalgia. There was times when, of course, when life gave you, gave you more, uh, more stuff to deal with. And when, when things were extra smooth and I mean, many moments, especially around OG's first success and my first success, real success, like with the Frankfurt major win, the Manila major win, I definitely remember times around those victories being super tranquil because you also guarantee you guarantee yourself a TI invite. Like everything is more relaxed. You kind of, I kind of felt like I had finally also gotten some more, um, simple way to say it, I guess wins under your belt, something I, I felt like I've worked really hard for and deserved and, and, and so on. But there's also times when it's really stressful and more more so than the other, like through the whole Dota career and through life, even I would say even after TI9, like the memories after TI9, I have to, after having won twice, I've been very stressful, very hard, as hard as ever, really, like with the practice, with the commitment, with the intensity. Uh, it didn't, it didn't become easier to compete after success. It's just competition is always really hard. And, and with the DPC system later on and, and, and Dota overall, it is, it is a very intense world. It's a super intense world. I think that 
So, but still moments of yeah. like, tra- like uh, just to finish it up, wrap it up nicely, like the nostalgia and the, and the old, like the memory lane is, is a good one for me overall. It's, it's wonderful. Like it, the, the stress, the bad things, all that is also build up to when you then succeed. Right. So not having had success and, and, you know, getting some majors and then never winning TI and, and always grinding, always being hard drama, emotional, um, relationships with like so much tension, so much tension between your teammates over time, like, because you commit together and, and it, it's really hard when you don't succeed at a project together and you have to work out so many things. It, it makes the victory so sweet. So memory lane is definitely a uh, overall, very good, very nostalgic, very good to be nostalgic. How far away does it feel? Does it feel like it happened just yesterday or when you look back, it's like, fuck, it's been so long and a lot of have ra- has rained since, you know? Yeah, I think about that and it actually does feel both at times. Funnily enough, it feels like both. It feels like it's been so long, the whole journey and everything. But since I was in it, I don't think I reflected so much on, on my Fnatic days or TI, like the earlier TIs, like the five and six and stuff. Uh, more, the Dota still feels very close to me because I didn't really stop watching and I never really stopped thinking. Now, whenever I play other games, it's always in relation, it's so much in relation to Dota. I like to play many games and I like to think that I took from everything I played, from all the small things, like the perspective change you can get from doing something else in Dota can greatly benefit you in Dota. But now if I play chess, if I play anything, if I play any video game, it's still so much about uh, my Dota brain. It it affects it, it influences it. and so that still feels very close. I would say that feels like yesterday. It's been such a big part of your life. I think that one of the one of the things that I have observed with you that I do have in my in myself in, in many different ways is that uh, the cause uh, fighting for the objective, you know, has been in a way the mission of your life. That's been what you sacrifice everything for, and what you woke up every day uh, with a very clear objective. Yeah, the objective at different stages, but in a way we have romanticized idea of like, okay, as long as I achieve this, then my life will make sense because everything that I work was to get there, you know, and we make, and you made incredible amount of sacrifices. One of them is that you had a life that even though it was extraordinary, was not necessarily normal, but it was extraordinary. Don't get me wrong. But now that you are in a way transitioning out of some of those things, you realized how you have specific dynamics that were only okay inside of that competition or high level mode, but there were no other ways to survive them. You couldn't survive your competition and your that. And I don't want to say like, oh, Dota players are different from everybody else, you know? No, we see these with people that are going through med school. We see people that, that have these very high uh, objectives that it has to be devoted every single second. And suddenly, space. And suddenly, no one telling you what to do. Suddenly, you don't have to wake up in the morning just to do this. How is that, dude? How is that transition for you? It's still it's still transitioning, so to speak. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of the routine, part of the routine went out the window with with change of, um, I mean, change of pace, change of. Uh, uh, priorities, change of lifestyle, ch- like so many things have now changed for me. And 
so a lot of a lot for the better uh, like in day-to-day -day life mental health um there's a lot less the anxiety was building up for me as well like this daughter anxiety where there's so many things i i wanted to do don't get me wrong like i still enjoy the com competitive side of dora i still enjoy the high level as much as ever i want to say but part of the grind part of like what you uh, have to do to be the best and for the amount of time or year that you have to actually do it did not interest me interest me interest me very much and there were so many other things pulling me so it was building up for a long time and now there's been like a massive release of tension and anxiety in my day-to-day -day or week-to-week -week or month-to-month -month. Um, it is way different and of course there's always new problems and new things there's definitely maybe a void that uh, i'm still filling i've done a pretty good job <laughs> there was a huge void uh, i don't i don't think it's like the summit complex or whatever they talk about like you 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 because i have other goals and finishing this goal for for a while of course it it, it left me wondering like what do i want to do next like what is actually going to be as exciting or is it ever going to be as exciting uh is there anything that's going to come even close to this but i filled i filled my weeks i filled my days with other things to do I have my puppies um i'm working on getting as disciplined as i can because that was part of my i was it was very easy for me to be disciplined with dota it's much harder for me to be disciplined with now all these other things that I wanted to do because they're also new. It's intimidating to, to constantly go into new things and fail when you know that you're so good at something and you've been so good at something and it's kind of your bread and butter, it's your forte, it's you, it's, it's who you are. Now, every time I, I do something, it's not who I am. I'm a child, I'm an infant. I'm like, I need to ask for help. I need to look up things, I, but I, I do enjoy it at the same time. I really enjoy because it, partly it's the approach that we've always had in Dota and that we always like philosophically have had in, in OG and, and, and the leadership in OG is you don't know. Um, you don't know best. You don't know everything. You don't know the only way. You, you, if you're smart enough, you know that there are many ways. And if you have that mindset, you kind of are always ready to be humble enough to actually also start on like an infant state again and be like, what do you see? You know better than me. I want to learn from you. It's a new game to level yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but but it's it's now. I know that it's just so much more challenging with like growing stuff with um, with like work like uh, trying to keep a house running. Um, all these things that all these life skills that I never really got to get. Uh, there's so many things I don't know. You know, I spent so much of my life playing though. <laughs> I haven't gone to festivals. I haven't gone to parties. I haven't. There's so many types of relationships I haven't had because I've had the team relationship in Dora. There's, I haven't had typical working relationships. I haven't had typical many types of relationships. Um, so yeah, now I'm 28 and I'm, I feel like I'm older in many aspects, but so much younger in many others, like knowledge wise, maturity wise. Uh, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful concept you're putting it very beautifully. I, I never really thought about that. It's like, yeah, you didn't even, you haven't had a lot of relationships that we have had just normally through going through life because you've been in a very unique bubble. Yeah, like my relationship with my family, my friends. But that has to be exciting because everything that you're doing True. is new. True, exciting, intimidating, uh, but overall I'm getting a lot of joy out of yeah. it. And it's definitely healthy. It makes time feel longer. It makes time feel very fulfilling. That's awesome.
I mean, we're seeing right now through our eyes how the different people, you know, are dealing with it. How Seb is also, in a way, trying to figure out his life and he's doing a very good job about it with it, you know? And you are figuring out your life and you immediately found the few things that you wanted, you know? You knew you wanted the puppies. Like, think about it. I always tell people how, like, in a way, <laughs> the pinnacle of your ambition was the day that I retire, what I want to do is to get puppies because that was one of the things that you couldn't do, you know? You couldn't just have a pet that you could take care of and nurture yourself and be there for the pet as much as the pet is there for you because you were gone all yeah. year, you know? Listen, and now you have to run around like <laughs> single that. No, it's, it's true. It's true. There's so much, so many things I've wanted to do for a long time. And that's also what was pulling me. It's like, have my puppy and my dog growing up, could not feel good about getting a new one, could not really have it in the daughter lifestyle. Yeah, I mean, the list is long, you know, even plants, vegetables, fruits, like even cactuses might die, you know, with my lifestyle, like the succulent. So it feels really nice to, to, to do lesser, like, I don't want to call them lesser things, but, but simpler things, you know, because Dola can get very complex and very, it's a very crazy human game we play. I will say then for you, uh, I thought, uh, I think that it really feels like also like a rebirth because when we are in Lisbon, <laughs> everything is complicated. We couldn't even get like a phone or like the, the card to go through the, the when you're driving and there is payments. I don't know if I told you, dude, like I got a, a bill for a few thousand dollars because I've been going through those things for a year without having the, the Via Verde. Yeah. And they yeah, send yeah. it to Madrid. So it happened to you. To my mom's house. Oh, yeah. I've heard of this in Portugal. Yeah. Where, yeah. I need to go online as well because if you get the road tax and you don't pay your bill, it starts. It starts adding up with percentages and yeah. then boom, 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 boom. Oh, wow. Correct. Yeah. But the crazy part about it is that they, they didn't even send me the bill to where my mom lives right now or, or to where she used to live before. They sent it to three houses ago. Somehow I haven't lived there since I was eight. And that's where they send the bills because when we bought the car, that's where we... Okay, for all you guys that don't know. <laughs> so Johan and I have been driving my mom's car. That The car is like 20 years old. And that's our car in Lisbon. Now we bought both cars, both cars this Christmas, but we've been driving this, this crappy old car for the whole year that we were there. And uh, yeah, so that car was bought and registered at a house that we don't even live anymore. And during Christmas, my mom went there and they gave her like a sack of like uh, of bills and none of them were paid. So I was thinking, well, I mean, I will eventually either get a bill or something. So yeah. I, that was my person. There are apparently cases here in Portugal where there's some that, that owe like tens of thousands, tens of thousands of euros. Yeah. The another story that I have for you about my Christmas is that I am in LA right now. I moved back to LA and I'm in an Airbnb, living in an Airbnb. I locked myself out of my Airbnb and I couldn't get in. And the host lives in Florida, which means I couldn't get access to it for until 2.30 in the morning, I tried to, to get in and couldn't. And the next morning, when it was not dark, I actually asked my neighbor <laughs> and climbed through the window. Uh, so I climbed through the window, opened the door, took the, uh, the bolt and the keys apart, went to a locksmith, bought a bolt, came back and changed the locks. So I was able to get in. I had to break in into my own Airbnb and I had to tell the host, by the way, you have new keys. But oh, wait, I, I was you so proud key? of myself. What happened to the key? Yeah. 
the kid's gone. I have no idea. Oh, shoot. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. But, dude, I guess that was like an adulting moment, you know? I yeah. felt so happy that I could change a bold. I felt like I, I, could, I was like my Giver, you know? My Eye of the Tiger moment montage, you know? I have a lot of those right now, too. Like, simple things like that make you feel like a man. It's like, yeah. <laughs> Well, you've been secluded in your own bubble of video games, and I've been secluded in my own bubble of movies. I've never changed a tire of a car. I don't know how to do anything besides making films and now produce and, and run OG. So I've never really had to get any, I was going to say, real life skills. That's the world we live in, right? Like for most people. Yeah, but I, I don't, I've never had to do it. Never had a car, never did anything like that. And my tactics, an accountant does it, you know? Like there's so many shortcuts that we've taken where we never had to face those, yeah. those kind of situations. But I think it's just where society has kind of progressed more or less, right? People are so specialized in, in what they do. I say people, maybe it's still a smaller percentage than the larger percentage, but I think it's an ever growing one. Like you, people get, are allowed to be specialized in something and, and you know, they almost, they're almost as bad as, as people who need help or are handicapped or who are missing limbs. Like there are some people out there who are worse off than, than a person who's lacking an arm. Like they actually have less self-survivable or self-sustaining skills, uh, but they're so specialized in something that, yeah, the so society allows them to be that. They can always call someone to have something fixed. They can always find someone who knows and then all, the, all you need is food and water, right? And then you can keep, keep doing what you're doing best. And money to pay for those people. <laughs> yeah, right. And then you need the money to sustain it. But that's the system. I, I think it's, it's a very, it's been very eye-opener because I'm, I'm 36. And in a way, I, um, I left part of my bubble uh, two years ago, part of it. And then I enter a new bubble that is the OG bubble where I work, imagine, 12, 13, 15 hours a day. And now my sets of problems are very different. And like you said, it was... I had to relearn or learn about a few other things, you know, like for example, one of the things that I have to do in Ojid, which is very different is other people's needs have to be attended, you know, in movies, I've never had to do that. There was somebody else was doing that. And the, the different cultures that we have to deal with in Ojid is at the same time, my favorite part of Ojid, but also the most challenging one, you know, because that is, this is really a global company. There's people from everywhere. You know, Amar right now from Jordan, this funny, funny guy. And then I have to deal with Dennis people and Dennis culture and French people. And I think that that has been like, I think the steepest and the best learning curve. Because when I joined, I thought it was so complicated. For all of you guys also that don't know. So what OG, when I joined OG, OG had an office in, in Paris. I was scared shitless. Shitless, but not witless. Okay. I was a scary shitless of just going into an office, but I don't know anyone, never met anyone. And I'll have to be like, hi, I am the new CEO. Even though you all know OG better than me, you made OG, OG is yours. Now you guys have to try to help me help you. That was so, so intimidating. I did it remote for eight months before I actually met anybody in person. I think that gave me a lot of space to try to figure out my own I was going to say my own shit, you know, my own things. That might be a good, you know, leap to do it online first. Might be a good first start for, for someone who hasn't had the experience before. Yeah. And I can imagine even from the first day, you know, what it would be like a first day of a school, you know, what do I wear? What are they expecting me <laughs> to expect them to expect of me, you know? Because in movies, yeah. like 
you know, like you can wear whatever you want and no one cares. But now, now it's the world of Zoom calls, right? Zoom calls, yeah. <laughs> I'm actually not wearing pants So right you're now. just going to meet someone <laughs> for the first time. Exactly. You're going to meet someone the first time. I was like, oh, we're bringing pants today? I didn't know. Like, I never yeah. wore pants. Yeah, yeah. It's been, I have to say, you are one of actually the trickiest person to talk about Zoom calls. Because I feel that the, the interactions that we have are radically different in person than they are on, on Zoom calls. And you go from like complete warmth and, and love when I meet you in person, but it's harder to feel it, you know, here. So that's why definitely Johan is like an in-person person, you know. <laughs> it's a compliment, believe it or not, you know. Because all this warmth happens when I see you in person. That's why we live together in, in, in Lisbon. Oh, I mean, it's, I think it's a, I think it's a rough thing to, to have human interaction purely over our 2d, 2d screens. It's very hard to grasp like, um, yeah, emotional communication for sure, I guess way harder, but, but also getting points across maybe for some, maybe in some occasions it's, it's, it's easier or better, but I would say most of the time, yeah, it would be a struggle to, um, to talk as well uh, online as it is in person, which also sad thing when that happened to the DPC or like the world, I guess for, for Dota, for DPC, for, for everything, like less lands, less, yeah, less of this, uh, meeting up, bootcamping, um, peaking, I would say Dota is not so much about peaking anymore. Um, it's just about making it throughout the year and then peaking at TI, but before it was about peaking a few times a year that would get you to TI and it made from a competitive professional perspective, it definitely made the games more interesting. Like the, the game, watching the game more interesting. Now you have more Dota to watch, which of course has its upsides, but um, you don't have those high peaks throughout the year. So this is a great segue. I don't know if you frame it on purpose, but it was perfect. Okay. So one of the things that we always talk about the DPC, <laughs> so, I'm moving to DPC. So one of the main things that you're saying, which is what we have discussed so many times is that Dota has changed a lot, not only inside the game, but outside the game. And this DPC that we have right now is a very grindy system. You have to grind all year because you have to be consistently good throughout the whole year. While before we used to have a system that rewarded picking and a specific moments, you just have to pick for two weeks. And then you were in TI and then you just have to pick for another two weeks and then you win. And it has changed completely the dynamic. It has changed completely the calendar. And in, I'm going to say my perspective, because I don't want to put words in your mouth. It has made it to where the old professionals are finding it very hard to live in the system. I don't know how puppy does it. You know, he has a kid. It just requires your whole life. But you know, I can see the struggle for anyone who tries to have um, so already the competition basically asks for all your time. You need to be ready to sacrifice almost all your time because if someone else is doing it and if you're not the best and if your peak and your talent and whatever you have is not good enough, the only thing you can do is work harder. Um, but if you, if you're trying to plan out your 365 days and want to give something to stability life, which can also help your competition and your peaks and your eventual TI peak. It is so hard in the system. It is so hard. People will try to peak early on, but now they made it even harder <laughs> because the first major is going to give less points. But, but ideally you want to secure yourself at some point, the earlier, the better through your 365 days. 
before the next CI, and, and you want to get the, like you want to punch your ticket, and then you want to be able to plan accordingly. If you want to, you know, bring your A game for TI, you can do whatever you feel like you need to do. That probably does not involve playing really poorly at two other major tournaments or one or whatever, because you don't want to ruin your self-esteem. You don't want to fall behind. You, you want to be present. You definitely want to be at that land event and get better. Um, but it might mean that you can have less pressure to, uh, and, and be able to stabilize your week more and, and approach the next, um, the next, whatever you'd have, like the, 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 the next major qualifier radically differently, because here you have to be, you have to be ready once a week, which is kind of like an illusion that it's not just one day a week. You need to get ready like a few days before and you need to always stay ready. You can argue that you have to watch every game. You have to constantly watch the meta develop and the pubs because there's so much time in between the official game, in between the official games that the whole meta is already getting digested in the public games that you very quickly also fall behind if you're purely looking at the official games. So it's asking for so many more days, so many more hours than it was previous years. And for people like Poppy, Koro, me, somebody who's been doing this for, for 10 years in Dota 2, it's, it's um, too stressful. It's too much. It's unhealthy. Um, and it's not fun, I would say. It's not fun for us. And it, it, it's not about peaking in Dota. It's really, it's not about ultimate peaks. It's about peaking just enough and punching your ticket, like instead of, having more hype, more to play for, a big tournament, a major uh, chance to relax, a chance to spend your time more wisely, a chance to prep better for TI, you know? Um, so much more at stake, in a way, which makes it more hype to watch, makes it more hype to prepare, makes it more hype to, to play. So I will say, I want to try to uh, ask you or ask us some of the things that I see on, on Reddit and all that. They say, well, what is this so different from football players that play once a week or twice a week? Well, I want to take this one because I have a friend. I have friends that are professional players in huge teams in Real Madrid, for example, and they do not train at all anywhere comparable to what a Dota player plays. A normal week on Real Madrid, you go there in the morning, you have breakfast with the team, you do one hour of prep by yourself physically, then you go on the field for just two hours, then you go to the massage for one hour, then you go to the hyperbolic chamber or the water and cold for another hour and then you go home you sleep <laughs> nap and your evenings are free in dora you have to be like i think i have to look at the number i think amar played 17 pubs on new year 17 in one day this guy's a machine like that is what dora has become very typical thing right you see many players who do it yeah, yeah and you see many players who do it, and a lot of these players are the ones who are pushing the meta and are pushing the way heroes can can click buttons and show the world how new ideas um, can beat other other old ideas. And then you have people who can take advantage of it, people who steal it, people who this and that, and who actually takes his time and uses it for themselves. And that means he has to spend even more time to still be him, to be re, re, uh, re-innovating and blah, blah, blah. It's, it's a crazy ask this because pubs don't sleep. Dota doesn't sleep. A lot of these players and teams don't sleep. Surely, Kuro, Poppy, Seb, me, we could we could show up at official games and sh- and do something to you that's never been done to you before and break your team. But getting to TI is really hard now. 
getting to these these tournaments is it's a lot harder now. You have to you have to be in your A game once a week. Uh, you have to let so many things not get to you. And now I would also argue that with the changes to Dota, with the changes to the laning phase, there's there's a lot more of this uh, practice that you have to do as a team and, and as an individual um, compared to what it was before, which is again another big ask. I, I love it because it makes Dota also very fast paced, but oh boy, it is it, it is hard to to have a life next to it. That's that's all I have to say. It's very hard to have a life next to it. The the, the world has changed and the generation has changed, and we just have to leave space for the new guys, which is literally what we do, what we did, you know. This is exactly the, the premise that we saw after TI and we sat down. Well, I, I, I used the we because I, I want to feel part of this, but it was it was not me, it was you guys. You guys were able to identify exactly where Dota was going and exactly the steps that we needed to take for us to start working to that direction. I have to admit, it has worked really fast. And obviously we were not expecting this level of success from the beginning, but we knew that we were doing the right foundations and in a way, we've never told the guys, hey, there is any pressure to win right now. Like, forget about all this, you know? If you win, great. If you don't win, great. But what we're doing is exactly what you're saying is we're setting up the foundations of how do we do this? How do we schedule our days? How do we schedule our weeks? When do we have to peak? How does peaking looks like? How do we manage burnout, you know? And what are our objectives? Now, one thing that has been extremely fun to watch is that the guys want to play all day. Dude, there was like a tournament the other day in CIS where some of the, the CIS teams were playing. And I got a message saying, hey, can we play these small tournaments? I was like, you guys don't have enough with 17 pubs a day. They want to play. They just want to play. They're just so hungry to play. And it was like, yeah, guys, play whatever you want, you know? Which I think will also be the natural, it's a natural evolution for this new system, for the meta, for everything is, yeah, your motivation has to be extremely high, which most likely will lie with younger people or with the people who feel like they have a lot more to prove. Um, that mm -hmm. that is ageless right but but definitely like i can say i can speak for myself in my youth <laughs> my my younger days uh, <laughs> <there> was, <laughs> when i was 16 17 or even younger there was no such thing as not playing it was the only thing i was doing anyway it was my coping mechanism when when life was getting hard when my heart was broken when many things like were were, were sad it was just go play that was that was my that was my water, you know, that was me drinking water. So I could have lived in the system back mm -hmm. then. I could have definitely done it, but uh, yeah, sure. If you would have asked me back then, I, I would have died doing it, you know, I, no problem. I would have died doing it. I would have said, I'll sign, I'll sign a contract that puts me here forever until death. But as you get older, it does change. It, it really does change. It doesn't really Not work anymore. Like yeah. Not anymore. Like now, um, it's not that I don't love the game. Far from it. Again, I love the competitive aspect. I love playing with teammates that I signed for up for a project for that I want to, you know, I want to go into this project with. I love making a project work with other humans. But no, like the grind, the pubs, the dealing with the Dalai Lama or uh, Mali burgers or whatever in the public games, it is not worth it right now. Like I, <laughs> it's. The mental mental health from yeah in my world where it, i stopped enjoying it and i still had to do it from then to now it is so big difference it's so big difference just not doing it is is already good and then doing the something else is like incredible i think that 
so I was very close to you and literally physically and emotionally while you were going through this and you didn't realize that you didn't want to do it. You were in a way in denial the last part of a year because you were so, so motivated and so convinced about this TI. You were so excited because you haven't been to TI in two years, in like to Alan in two years, you know, you were honestly radiating energy, but it was more like, I, I felt that you were just exhausted in the background. It was more like, I know yeah. I have to do this. I know we have to get everybody ready, but, sure. but oh shit, you know? I think a good way of putting it is it's it, like this. There's a big chore aspect of the whole grind. There's, there's things that will just feel like chores. And, and as time went on, it started feeling more like chores. Whereas to Amar right now, pubs do not feel like a chore. Working on these heroes and these things do not feel like a chore. But, but to me, it started definitely feeling like that. And I didn't mind doing it. I don't mind scooping poop all day, as long as I get to also enjoy the, you know, the evening, uh, the evening yep. drink with the rest, you know, like we get to play our high level games. We get to play the high stakes. Everybody shows up ready. Everybody's done their chores. Everybody's done everything. I, I would do it. I did do it. I love doing it, but yeah, I would have been not a good teammate for sure this year. So I would have regretted playing like right away this season. It would have been a huge mistake. Yep. So all thing, all is well, all correct decisions have been made. Also judging by the daughter roster. I think so. <laughs> I think that the right decisions have been made because the daughter roster is working and you can see the premise of you starting in the whole premise of we started is this is what the system is going to look like. This is what daughter is going to need. And we need people that can and want and are happy and thrive in this. And that's how we build the roster. And it also showed me that it was the right decision because I've seen you also getting happier and happier and happier every day. I see now you're helping me with OG and we're working in OG together and with Seb, which has been amazing as well, you know, because it was a little bit, I, I had always the, how do you call it? The imposter syndrome, you know, because I have to run a company that I didn't build, I didn't create, and I didn't make legendary, you know? And in a way it was like, I felt the whole time, hey, Johan, is this painting okay, good? Okay. Hey, hey, Johan. And you're like, okay, dude, I'm like three days before playing DI. Can we talk after? I was like, okay, fine. But I, I wanted to make you guys proud, you know? It was more like putting like a, like the cat that drives the bird and puts it to your feet. It's like, you see, you see, I killed it for you, you know? <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. been really good now having a lot more access to you guys. Yeah, very, oh, very good. Sure. It's also, I mean, OG was kind of, um, not OG, like I would say monkey business and, and team secret was kind of like bastard children of, of the bastard scene that, that was going on. Um, yeah. <laughs> and the vision, the vision has always been to create a place that was, was right for people to go to, that was fair for people to go to. And even though we've tried really hard, Seb and I, uh, when, when, we, when we got into this and, and, and really tried to get a little more, uh, real and professional and, and also for the first time like trying to figure out how to do this the correct way because it is much 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 easier said than done trying to do just trying to do right trying to do fair it is so much easier said than done but at the same time it's it's, it's what we want to do it's great but um many years of practice i would say like running business running an organization uh trying to figure out like the budget, the fairness, what like, and, and, and something called growth as well is like, how much is the company gonna take for it to grow and, and, and to view it as its own entity. 
because yeah, sure. When, when we were monkey business, it was like, um, just a bunch of thieves who are, you know, there to, to rob a pot of gold together and then we're all going to split it equally. But when you have an entity like an org and there's always been division, it's to have an org that can run, that can grow, that will have employees and that is there to support the players. Uh, it's yeah, it just comes with a lot of trickiness and a lot of like figuring out, but at the end of the day, if you're fully transparent, I don't think anything should come back to bite anyone. If you're fully transparent and if you're fully trying your best, all that can happen is failure. And then you can, you know, chase each other and be like, well, why did you do this? But it's like, I, you know, tried, it failed. I, and I also told you, you know, at least if there is the communication and there is a transparency, uh, I, I think this is, this is like the most important step for, for the employees, for the company itself, for, for everything It's like, yeah, it's, um, it's a world of a difference from back in the day in eSport. <laughs> when I was in orgs, <laughs> telling each other not to talk to other employees and stuff. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's, I, I'm very glad that it comes down to, for us to, Hey, maybe you should not do this. Maybe you should do that instead of just the horror stories that we heard. I would say that for me, and maybe this is my, my apology tour. I do try very hard uh, to be good for you guys, because I know what this company means to you. I know the spirit in which this company was formed. And every single time we talk about anything, I am constantly reminded that OG is a company driven by values. And those values are Johan and Seb and the sunflower power, the flower of friendship, the be nice, enable, uh, grow, the flowers make flowers. And it is always in our mind. It is very interesting how we go from two gentlemen into me and me into five and five into 30 and 30 into 70, you know, and how in a way everyone takes it and everybody, when they share it, it's slightly different and it changes slightly, you know, yeah. and it's good because it means that our, or your, uh, identity is becoming more three dimensional, but it's also very, you have to constantly nurture it and constantly give feedback. Otherwise, at one point, somebody thinks that he's doing the right thing, but unfortunately it's like, not exactly like that, you know, like yeah. this is more what we meant. Yeah. I can feel who is a player and who is not a player or who's been around a player and who's not been around a player. You can see it right away because you don't know really what a player feels until you spend an incredible amount of time with them. Yeah. You don't know it's, what they need. So it's always a minefield in that sense. Like there's always these minefields for, for you to go through as, as you know, you're trying to feed our worldview or our company view to so many people working in OG daily where Seb and I could definitely play a much bigger part, or we could do our part, which would be bigger and stuff. But at the same time, it's the same thing for you. It's like everybody is always able to be anxious over everything. Like at the end of the day, nobody is is in control of the world as humans we like to think that we are but the philosophy that i have and the philosophy that i mean i know you know and it's the same thing for Seb. the philosophy he has is you know as long as you try your best that's all that's all because if you're gonna and, and i tell you this yet i think me and Seb and you have spent many restless and sleepless nights over have I done a good job? Like, have I been a good person? Have I, you know, have I done right by people? Yeah. Like the responsibility is very heavy and rests very heavy on our shoulders, which is also why I think it's very important to remind ourselves. And I say this to everyone watching this is like, remind yourselves, 
nobody can ask more of you if you try your best. You know, that should hopefully let you sleep easier at night because you could take the whole world's responsibility on your shoulders, but it's just going to crush you and it's going to do nobody no good. And what's the point of that? And there's no arguments for it, you know, like just do your best and, and try because, yeah, the world is always intimidating in that sense. Screw it. Don't let it, don't let it control you. They don't want to give them too much power, but I would say like, we do read the comments. Okay. We do read them. Unfortunately, sometimes, you know, we read them. And I would say that we are very, all the three of us do a lot of introspection. You know, we do fear, like, okay, did we did this right? Did we didn't do this right? I would like the comments to be, I'm okay with the criticism. Just maybe don't, don't curse at my mom, you know, just keep it, keep it on. Hey, I think that this is not right. You know, I think that you guys are doing this because I think it's important, you know, because at the end of the day, the beautiful thing about OG and about esports is that it really belongs to the community. If you really think about it properly, you know, I am in a way the, <laughs> the guy that is driving something that I didn't make. It doesn't belong to me with fans that have their own personal relationship with our game and with our brand. And I have to serve all those stakeholders. So give feedback. This is super important. Be super involved. We have an incredible discord where, you know, people keep me true. Don't think that they spend a whole day telling me how great I am. I actually, like, don't ever worry about that because I get more the, the, hey, you should do this different. Hey, you should do this different than amazing, but it's good. I like it because it means that everybody's passionate about it. Nobody gives you feedback if they're not passionate about you. Even the person that goes there to troll you online is passionate about you. So passionate, it's literally taking their time to curse you, you know, or to do that. And I think that, like I said, I, we do read them and we spend a lot of time trying to figure out, did we do the right thing? And if not, when presented with the opportunity, how we would do it better, you know, which is at the end of the day, the only thing we can do, because if we really bring all this approach that some other orgs have done, you know, Hey, this is how it works in other esports. This is how it works in business. You better work this way. I don't think it's very authentic to the brand and to the, the community. You can't tell the community what to be. You can try to persuade her, in, uh, educate you into doing some things, but it's not, you don't control it. So in a way, it's like a wave, you know, you can choose to get on the wave or you can choose not to get on the wave. I'll give you, for example, one of the biggest challenges this year for me. And to this day, I still don't know how to do it. I have thought about it so many times. I'm constantly getting offers for the guys of the CSGO players, constantly. Should I tell them or should I don't? Because if you tell them, immediately you create uncertainty. Immediately you create, oh, well, that other girl likes me. I mean, I have a girlfriend, but sometimes we argue. Yeah, it, you can't really think that way, you know? But if you don't tell them, then the team in question is going to go around you or somebody's going to start leaking because they're going to, they're going to, they're going to, this is going to happen. So it's super tricky. I still have not figured out how to tell them or when to tell them or how to tell them. And if I tell them, because I have no interest ever of selling any of the guys, but if you wait too long and then it comes out, so it's super tricky, it's super, super tricky. And you talk to the players and the players are like, no, no, I want to know, obviously. But then when it happens to the other player, let's, so let's say I have player A, player one, okay? And I tell player one, then player two is like, dude, why would you do him? Like now we all have to deal with this. 
So player one wants to know that there's an offer on him. But player two, three, four, and five are like, dude, why would you do that? And vice versa, you know? It's a very different ecosystem. It's a very strange one. So they all want to know, but they don't, I don't want know what to think of it. I mean, for me, it's, it sounds like a very unhealthy, unhealthy way of going about things. I don't know what normal procedure in sport is. I imagine it's, it's simply orcs waving big bids and then and, and it becomes public. Maybe, maybe it doesn't. I don't know. Um, but to me, it's a very foreign. I think in the sport, you have, a you have a transfer list. So in, in, in League of Legends, in Overwatch, and in the sports, you have a transfer period. You can't transfer people in the middle of the, of the year. But Valve uh -huh. doesn't care. So you can do whatever you want. That's the problem. Because, for example, if we finish the season, like in Dota, I'm like, okay, now I have three months to make a new roster. Everybody's expected to either be on the transfer or be possible. But there are still, I don't remember how it goes. In Dota, in Dota, you, you have DPC punishments, right? Like you can get punished through points if you yes, transfer. But in, yeah. you're right. In Dota, you have this incredibly big price pool in TI that it's going to deter you from doing that. But CSGO doesn't have it. So there are constant, 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 constant changes. They're like, yeah, they're ESL points, they're blast points, they're major points, RMR points, but they don't have like a date of, hey, Roster lock, you know. And you you never lock, you never lose slots when when rosters change. You never. Um, yeah, you do. You change. But there are many, 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 many windows. At the end of the day, you okay. can choose how to run your calendar. You know, maybe you're not I in see. EPL. Maybe you're not in Blast. So your lock yeah. is whenever you want to lock it. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. To me, it sounds foreign and, and very toxic. Yeah. So that part is still a lot to learn, and a lot to learn because I don't want to take the approach that maybe other teams do. Other teams are like, okay, I'm going to trade you whenever I want and you one day will find out that you're on another team, you know? Obviously, you will have to sign a contract with the other team, but for us, all the rosters in OG are made by the players and by the synergies with themselves, you know? It's never been me waving a magic wand and saying, that's it. But, but again, like going back to what maybe um, people feel like implementing in in a certain esport in a certain game and they do it for the reason that has been done before it's been done somewhere else it's been done in business or i don't care i find it very bizarre uh to commit to projects with people without fully committing which could be the case here in csgo where you want to keep it you could for me it's like hiding hiding behind words if you would say a professional approach is to treat this like work and for everybody to you know make their own always chase their own best benefit or their own best salary, their own best amount of money. Because I would not want to be in a project with them if that's, if this project is competition. To me, competition comes with winning together, showing the world that you are the best, challenging your own competence, challenging your own goal making. Like if you set yourself a goal, can you actually achieve it? Can you get there? Or are you just a phony? Are you just pretending that you can are you pretending that you're good no like if you say something you want to be able to back it up and if you were to go into csgo and this is how it was where it's like one dude is not going to commit i want to hear every offer that comes my way but then his teammate asked him oh, are you fully committed to this together with me and he says yes that's very two-faced so either he tells his team like no I'm, I'm i'm not fully committed to this and then i don't know who would say yes to that like I don't think it's a very competitive spirit anyway. Yeah, I don't think it's just as binary as you make it. I think that everybody has the commitment and the uncertainty in them, you know? And you lose one game and one of them flares out and you win one game and the other one flares out, sure. you know? 
but but it's, now again it's very it tricky. comes down to then words are you lying to yourself are you going to be lying to others because if you tell like if you let that little voice dominate in your head where you lose one game and it's like are these guys good enough can these guys win it uh can this guy you know perform when he needs to there's going to be a million voices telling you we used to call it the knock knock at ti10 right i said was very good at, at, at talking very a lot of sense in very few words and, and then at the end of the day it comes down to philosophy if you believe it or not but there, there are going to be this this uncertainty there's this devil on your shoulder whatever you want to call it that always can paint the negative picture of the world and then there's the other one where it's like you and me i'm telling you right now Juan, one day we're gonna we're gonna climb mount everest together do you believe it do you see it can you can you see us doing it do you really really not see us doing it? like i see it and then seeing is believing believing is seeing this is this is my like i don't want to choose many hills to fight on and die on there's not many i care about but this is one i'm ready for i would take this fight with anyone it's like to become a proper team it is to commit it is to commit to each other it is to commit into this relationship project whatever you want to call it where it's like then you can be transparent and you can say that of course like if if we're not on, if we're not happy together in a month from now in two months from now in three months from now let's talk about it let's not marry each other till that do us part you know like let's be real but if, for this project to work for this competition to work i need to feel like we're both so deep together that we're ready to die for it together because if we're going to climb out everest i hope you're ready to die for me because we're gonna it's going to depend on that you know it's going to depend on that for both of us to make it for for us to make it to the top that that's that's a hill hill i'm ready to fight and die on you know with anyone i don't believe in team sports that don't have this like i don't believe that team games that like if it's a high competition team game the team that has this is going to beat the teams that don't have this now you guys see why i joined og and how i i left my my house in la to move to europe i got this speech and i was like we're going to everest yeah, yeah. but i agree with you i it was I think I, I told you, like, personally, I was looking for a project where people were be as committed as I was. And here you always gave me this. And this has been true and it has been honest. Doesn't mean that every day we can all give each other what we need. But it means that we all want to. We all yes. really, really want to. And truly, give each other what that we means, need. you know, like, yeah. you don't make up words. Like, now I go back to the counter strike thing. Like, you don't make up things in your head to justify you know because this is then when it comes down to like do you truly even believe it yourself like are you just making this up to protect your fragile ego or to protect your finances or like later on which is again is like maybe just ego related like or are you truly vulnerable ready to commit believing in your teammate believing that he is good he knows what he's talking about that he has the potential because if you really didn't have it from the beginning you didn't really give it a fair chance you know if you really weren't ready to die for it yourself you know, it's, there's there's probably a really nice metaphor or analogy for this, but it's like if you're going into that gladiator pen together and you need two men to take down the lion, but it's like one dude just starts running inches before the lion gets to him. Now you're both dead. It's like, then of course it didn't work, you know? But if one actually died, but the other one got the lion for that, you could argue that it worked, you know? And many of these games is, is about that. I think people have to be ready to die for it. They have to be ready to die for each other. And that truly means commitment true to your word, expose yourself, like all these things. So back to the Counter-Strike thing, like I, if I was a CS pro player, I would need that from my teammates. Otherwise, I, I don't think I could work like that. I think it would be too awkward for me. And I, I think that's the spirit of competition too in team sports. 
I have a sentence that I always say is that everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. You know, yeah. everybody yeah, wants yeah, yeah. to go to heaven. Everybody wants to win. Everybody exactly. wants to yeah. be the CEO. Everybody wants to be the director. Everybody wants to be this. Everybody wants to be you. Oof, but the crown lays heavier. There is a massive price that we all pay to be there. And when yeah. you pay it and you know that everybody around you is paying it with you, it's awesome. It's awesome. Still unhealthy at times, but it's awesome. It's super True. awesome. Yeah. And I yeah. think that that's the, the, the best thing that I got out of OG. That when people think, oh, are Seb and Johan here? Yes, they are every day. Maybe they're not talking to me that day, but they're here. They're looking, they're, they're, they're thinking, you know. And now we have this new system where we talk once a day, <laughs> every day. And it's been really good to have someone to bounce these ideas with. And not only someone, to have you guys. And it's just so interesting for me that the commitment is absolute. Even we are all paying high personal prices, you know, to do this. But we think that it's worth it because, you know, we see every day the community and the fans and the employees and the teams. For me, this new team of Dota has revitalized me, you know. I feel revitalized. And having Misha there has been godsend, you know. He is everything that I've ever dreamed of having for the next version of a captain of, of a Dota team. He's kind, he's loving, he's humble, he's really funny, he's really charming. I don't know, it's, we've been very lucky, eh? I mean, it's not luck because we found him or you found him and also nurture him, but he's, honestly, he's one of my favorite people in the world. And I think it's like, I've said this before to people, he looks like a man who wants something and he truly wants it and he is not going to let things stop it because there's a big difference in people that want something and are going to let things stop them. But this guy, I think, has been shaped also, like many of us have, but he's been shaped through his desire from Dota, desire to prove something, I think has dictated a big part. I'm just guessing here, but I believe my read, because I see myself in it too, is he has been molded. He's been molded by competition. He's been molded by a big burning desire to show something to the world or to himself or to others. I don't know. Um, but it's built character. It has built this kindness. It has built this openness. It has forced him into uncomfortable positions. It's forced him to sacrifice. It's forced so many things. And yeah, I think what you said, like qualities of a captain, like Misha, very good find, very few people who have this high level of motivation. I think a lot of people like to say that they're very motivated like to think that they're showing it but there is actually like a very starch difference in somebody who is on fire like truly on fire and somebody who claims to be motivated and looks pretty motivated there's still a a few stories in between like a few levels higher um yeah misha is like smoldering hot in every sense of the word We'll talk about Misha more next week. We have a few final thoughts. We have a few minutes. I would say that, yeah, for me, Misha, like you said, is a man on a mission. Eh? And we saw him on TI. He said it after the, after the talk on TI. He said, I'm going there. I want to get us there. Let me get us there, you know? And we were like, okay, let's do it, you know? But he, was, no, no. he knew where he was going. He was going to get there with us or without us. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. It's, it's very fun. cool, too. It's very few... I think a few times I'm going to get to experience that also in life, like seeing someone say something that they mean with so much intent and so much behind it. Like 
not just saying it, you know, I have a plan. And even if I don't, I'm going to do it. Like really, really intense. And it's, it's awesome to see. It's part of like the human experience, I guess, like people will have it throughout their life. I've, I've definitely had it, but seeing Misha have it, it's, it's nice. It is more than nice. It is so good to see. Well, this week was actually very, it ended up being more uh, emotional and retrospective podcast. Uh, I also wanted to cover some of the uh, uh, news and uh, gossip that are going through, going right now, but I think we're going to have to do that for the next one. We're going to continue figuring out what is the shape of this show, what is the shape of what we should do. Yeah, and I think think we'll figure out a nice nice way to to sort this out better in the future. I mean, it's I think I think there's a lot to talk about from the past. I mean, there's stories upon stories, years like. I would say most of my adult life has been spent in this in this space, um, and most of it I have. I, don't, I think I've yet to yet to talk about some things I probably haven't visited even in my own head for a long time. But uh, there's so much going on, you know, the relevant stuff that I also wanna. I definitely wanna tag along the the news, the fiend, the what's going on, the drama. When we were doing the tech spec, he was like trying to figure out oh, how, how can I pull Reddit out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We never got yeah, to yeah. it, no. No, no, maybe it's for the best because those news are still not confirmed. All right. So what we'll do this once a week, the idea is that this podcast, we're going to try to make it, publish it every Tuesday. That's, that's the plan. And it's not going to be an interview podcast. It's going to be both of us, but we will have guests at some points. It's just going to be more like us reviewing the world. (laughs) If they want, or if not, if they're in our paycheck, in our payroll, you know, it's because we make them. Anyway, thank you so much, Johan. And now we're actually going to see our games. So this is recorded on a Saturday yeah, morning. And now we're going to see the party. Game. Let's go. Oh, gee. Oh, <laughs> gee. If they lose, right, this well. is going to get clipped and this is going to be out there. All right. Thanks, Jay. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye.